Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to that business news. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. Welcome to our annual pizza episode, which we celebrate annual. every month. <laughs> What's the word for monthly? Yeah, I mean like so like bi monthly, two, tri monthly. Biannually. I don't know. What's twelve? Twelve. Twelve twelvely? <laughs> no, that's not right at all. Sure there's a word for it. We'll figure it out before the end of the episode. I'll look it up when you're okay. when you're saying something or vice versa. So yeah, you've been wanting to talk about a we've been scouring the interwebs for a pizza related legal story for a month now because you really want to talk about it and we had something that's at least a little bit and it deals with Pizza Hut, which I know we've talked about before too, but it's a pretty interesting thing that happened. This was in New York. So what happened here was a couple delivery drivers, and it looks like it might turn into a class action lawsuit. At least that's what they're discussing right now, the possibility of it. But two delivery drivers for Pizza Hut are suing the company, claiming that their delivery fees, and I'm using the word delivery fees, we'll get into this, but the basically the, the tips versus deliveries fees issue, we'll get into that. But they're saying these delivery fees should be money that goes to the delivery drivers and instead the company or the employer, AKA pizza is keeping them. So what exactly is happening here is you call into pizza hut, you order your whatever and they say, all right, delivery. What what do you order? (laughs) I I haven't been to pizza in a while. I like pepperoni jalapeno is pretty good. I think that was the Philip Rivers thing. Did you, did you see that? Not to get too far. You know, Philip Rivers, you know, Philip Rivers. Yeah, I know Philip Rivers. Yeah. Quarterback of the San Diego Chargers. Yes. He got a big contract a couple weeks ago, making him one of the highest paid players, guaranteed money-wise, like just insane amount of money. He was at the press conference, like, what'd you do with the money? Or like, what'd you do after you found out? He's like, well, I got some Domino's, <laughs> Domino's pizza. <laughs> like, okay. Like, what'd you get? He's like, uh, pepperoni and jalapeno and black olive is my choice. So wait, wait, is it a commercial or was it a press conference? So this was his actual press conference. They oh, asked wow. him what he did, what he did to celebrate. And he said he ordered Domino's. <laughs> That's funny. I guess he also has what, like eight kids or something crazy like that. So maybe it makes sense. Yeah. But anyways, so that's how I get. Pepperoni jalapeno is pretty good, but man, you got me off track now. Okay, so they you call you call Pizza Hut, you get this, and they say, you know, pick up or delivery. You say delivery, and they say, all right, well, there's a delivery fee of you know three dollars or whatever it is. I don't I don't know the actual amount. I think it was two dollars, and now it's three. I think. Okay, so say yes, and then pizza's made. Delivery guy or girl goes out to deliver the pizza, and some people might look at that and be like, oh, I already paid a delivery fee. I don't need to tip. This is the tip. While others say, you know, delivery fee is something that's, or the tip is something that's on top of the delivery fee. You, you probably wouldn't know this unless you delivered pizzas like I did, but it's, you know, something people, a lot of people probably just don't even know about. So what happened here in New York, at least they, there's a distinguishing, they distinguish between quote unquote delivery fee and a tip or gratuity. And so the delivery fee can be held by the employer as opposed to a tip or gratuity that needs to go to the, the person that's actually earning it. I mean, there's, there might be some, I don't know about New York with tip pooling, how that works and all that, but. And there's also tip credits and all that. Yeah, yeah, and th- that as well. So that, that's the distinguishing factor here is pizza saying, oh, well, this is our money. It's the delivery fee. 
sorry that you drove this pizza out and got uh, no money and also spent gas money to, to get it there. And that's kind of where this all starts from. Yeah, and there's a lot there because the argument by these attorneys that are representing these two former employees and are making this into a class action is that even if they call it a delivery fee, we as consumers believe that it may it may be a tip. And I think there's some argument there to it because we were just doing some research and there's this Yahoo, one of those Yahoo answers, which I don't know who uses that still, but someone asked, you know, pizza charges $2 for delivery. Does that mean I don't have to tip the driver? Like, even <laughs> if someone asked that question, right there, it's unknown. Does this $2 go to the driver or not? And, you know, of course, Pizza Hut's going to say, well, this is a delivery charge and it's it's specified if it's meant tip, we would have said tip. If it was said driver charge, then maybe, but this is a delivery charge. And also these, these drivers are compensated for the use of their vehicle and they're getting paid their wage. So, you know, they're being compensated. But the trick is here in New York and many other states, if it is a tip, then the employers can't partake in that tip unless, you know, unless they have a specified tip credit and so forth. But even tip then it has, pulling, yeah. Yeah, tip pull, it has to be very well documented and so forth. And so I can understand the argument, but I don't know about you. I mean, when to me, delivery charge and tips are two separate things. And yeah. if someone doesn't tip, well, they're just being kind of stingy, I suppose. Those are always the worst. One funny thing about, before I get into into that, one funny thing about one of the attorneys that's involved in this lawsuit on the plaintiff side is he delivered pizzas for seven years. So it's near and dear to his heart. But yeah, so New York labor law requires that employers must notify delivery customers that the delivery fee is in fact not a tip. Now, I don't think, you know, when they say delivery fee, they don't have to say, you know, hey, consumer, this is not a tip. Yeah. But they just need to clearly identify that it is a delivery fee and is not a tip or gratuity. And what they say is, of course, this is always leaves room for interpretation. A reasonable customer must be able to understand that the charge, a delivery fee, is kept by the employer yeah. as a delivery charge as opposed to a tip that's for the employee. So the spot I worked at didn't charge a delivery fee, but I'm just, there's a business that has a similar model. I've talked to a couple of them and they, they do this sort of setup. So maybe that's why I was aware of it. I mean, but I think you're right. It's and the argument for the attorneys are pretty, it's a nice argument too, that the normal consumer or the normal deliver, deliver EE. That can't be correct. Something's <laughs> wrong with that. <laughs> doesn't know that this is the case. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I think they have some legs to stand on here. But I, I can't help but to also talk about the whole tipping culture in the first place. I mean, first of all, whether someone understands a delivery fee goes to the driver or not is culturally specific. You know, it depends if someone knows that I, I feel like I know it, but that's because maybe my profession or whatever, and I've been exposed to that, but there's plenty of people that, that may not, but then tipping in general also, you know, okay. I try to be a good tipper, but I, I, I do have some animosity about the culture of automatically tipping too. Right. And I'm sure this is nothing new. I'm sure people have this, this argument, but here's a problem. You kind of have to tip because the standard federal law is that there's a minimum tipped wage, right? And it's $2.13. I think it's, it's what the federal minimum is. And so what that means is, is that when you have employees that get a lot of tips, you can set their minimum wage to $2.13. And then whatever tips they get, they get to keep, obviously. And so long as that their effective minimum wage is above the federal minimum wage, then all you have to do is pay them $2.13 an hour. Now, that's not the case in many states like California. The minimum wage is $9 for both tip workers and non-tip workers. And 
but that's different for Illinois. Illinois is 495. New York also has different minimum wages depending upon the type of like food service employee minimum wage is $5. Service employees in restaurant, I'm sorry, in resort hotels minimum wage is 490 an hour if they receive at least 410 in tips per hour. So there's these different rules here and there that can be very specific, but generally that that's the only thing that, you know, the culture of automatically tipping always kind of bugs me. I don't know about you. Not really. No. <laughs> okay. I mean, I can see what you're saying. So it just doesn't really bother me. And the tricky thing for me is when I go to a, a foreign country to know the rules, because I made the mistake the first time I went to Italy, for example, I just tipped like I normally did in the US. And the second time around, my wife had looked into it and it's actually pretty standard. I forget what it was to either like not tip at all. But no, it was basically just like round up to the nearest euro. I was like, oh, whoops, yeah. whoops, <laughs> screwed that one up. Because of this push for minimum wage workers, especially in the food industry to get paid more, you know, this $15 an hour seems to be one of the, the numbers that keeps being referenced here is that a lot of people, a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are many restaurants that are now experimenting with, uh, I don't even know if experimenting is the right word, but they are basically increasing the wage and having a no tip policy. From a legal perspective, whether someone gives a tip still or not, you know, it varies by state, but if you have a no tip policy from your customer's perspective and hey, these, these people are well paid, they're being paid $25 an hour, these restaurants that have experienced that, they no longer are worried about slow nights and really depending upon tips. Of course, it can have a negative effect too. I like the European model is where, I don't know if all Europe is like this, but I think the concept should be no tip on default. They're paid adequate wages, but if their service is exceptional, then you know tipping is permitted and allowed. Yeah, but I believe, I can't remember which country this was, might be France, or I'm sure it's multiple ones, that a lot of the servers are salaried. So that's why they say, like, don't just don't even tip them because they're going to make like this is they make what they make. And, and that's that. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, in my experience, the people that I've known that have been in the restaurant industry, the servers can be very flaky. So I don't know if salaried servers is always the way to go. But that's true. It was an interesting model. And the thing I'm reading here says it's highly controversial. I don't really think it's highly controversial, but this no tip policy is <laughs> can be pretty beneficial. I mean, it's your servers are going to be feel, you know, feel pretty good about security in terms of pay. And, you know, I'm sure it reduces a ton of back end work on the accounting side and reporting side and all things like that. I guess on the flip side, you know, you're paying them, paying the servers more. There's no incentive for them to do even good work. I, I mean, I guess keeping their job is the incentive, but there's no incentive for them to do a, above and beyond work that the, you know, the normal standard would be. Absolutely. And, and now that I'm thinking about it and seeing what you're saying, I, I think the main issue is, is that if it's a standard 15%, then it's might as well be salary. Frankly, I, I tip high, even when the service is bad, <laughs> which is weird because I feel, you know, I feel this pressure to do so. Yeah, I'll pay a little bit more if it's if it's good. I basically I, I try to do 20% and I go down to 15% if it's bad. About the same, yeah. Which doesn't which doesn't make sense if you think about no, it, right? I mean it's like not um, at all. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna give this 15% even though I hated the service, my order was wrong and my uh, food is cold, but hey, here's some extra money. And I'm pretty much the exact same way. The only time I dip lower is if if the person was really bad, if the server was really bad or rude, it's I mean I'm someone that does not 
tip less because it took longer. I mean, usually that's not the fault of the server. I mean, if I can tell the server's really has really dropped the ball, then yeah, that's one thing. But there's too many times the server gets penalized for something that's not their fault. So yeah, yeah. I don't like to I don't like to penalize them, and it can't be that fun to to be a server either. So oh, I yeah, I'm definitely not. The food industry is a very tough job. People treat them pretty poorly. I don't really understand this. We're all the same people. I don't really get it. That's my tip. When I when I say 15, 20%, I give them 20% in, in the sense that I don't treat them poorly. You know, Otherwise, I usually do <laughs> if it's a bad service. So, Speaking of, you know, Donald Trump has been totally banned from a particular pizza shop, which I think is, I think just a publicity stunt. You know, I guess it's a New Jersey pizza shop has banned Donald Trump for his comments last month about Mexican immigrants and et cetera. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting still. I've, I've only been banned by five pizza places, so I'm pretty good still. What for? Oh, mostly my comments about Mexican immigrants <laughs> when I was running for president last year. Uh, in an off year, yeah. That's yeah, probably, that, that, that's why I lost. Did even make it worth your while? Barely, I missed it by a couple of years, so I, yeah. I didn't get any votes. Makes a lot of sense. But yeah, not to get political here, but that Donald, he's a entertaining uh, candidate for sure. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with that. I mean, it's... It's at least keeping things interesting. Yeah, at the least. <laughs> if it's him and like Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush, I basically described as a cardboard. He's like a robot, basically. It's like yeah. pre-programmed things and just. If there was a character on The Simpsons for like a standard politician, that would be him. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. Yeah. Well, I guess there's there's Mary Quimby on the on The Simpsons. He wasn't no, like that. that. That was kind of a JFK or Kennedy, more like a, what's his name that passed away? The Kennedy, I forgot his name. He was a senator. Robert Kennedy? No. I'm trying to remember now. Jamie Kennedy? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy. Uh, I, I think that was a play on him, but I'm not I'm not positive. So I mean the accents there. Yeah. I, I think you're right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on our uh, political talk. Political talk news with Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. Keep it sound, keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.